Well, uh, I'm going to share some thoughts on Ezra. Some of you may say, well, now, haven't heard of that fellow, but he is in the Bible. He's just before the book of Nehemiah, but I was preparing something different, and I just could not settle on what I had previously, and so uh, this came to my attention, and I just felt that I wanted to share some thoughts here from Isaiah, or from Ezra, pardon me. And uh, I'm going to read, it's Ezra chapter 7, and I'm going to read 1 to 10. And uh, the second verse there, verse 2, 3, and 4, there's some strange names in there, but I think we can get through them. But it really is showing us the history, a little bit of the history of Ezra, how he showed up on the scene. Now after these things, in the reign of Artaxerxes, king of Persia, Ezra, the son of Sariah, the son of Azariah, the son of Hilkiah, the son of Shalom, the son of Zadok, the son of Ahitab, the son of Amariah, the son of Azariah, the son of Marioth, the son of Zerahiah, the son of Uzi, the son of Buckeye, that's a different name, isn't it? The son of Abishua, the son of Phineas, the son of Eliezer, the son of Aaron, the chief priest. So really he can look back in his heritage and he goes back to Aaron, who was a high priest. And all of these different individuals, they served in the priesthood and probably some of those pronunciations I didn't get quite right, but they're there. This Ezra went up from Babylon, and he was a ready scribe. So that's what he was. He was a scribe in the law of Moses, which the Lord God of Israel had given. And the king granted him all his requests according to the hand of the Lord his God upon him. And there went up some of the children of Israel, and of the priests, and the Levites, and the singers, and the porters, and the Nethanims, unto Jerusalem in the seventh year of Artaxerxes the king. And he came to Jerusalem in the fifth month, which was the seventh year of the king. For upon on the first day of the first month, and I thought this was so interesting. Now, I'm not sure just how the Jewish calendar operated, but here it says it was New Year's Day that he left. He began, began he to go up from Babylon. So he left Babylon on New Year's Day. And on the fifth day, first day of of the fifth month came he to Jerusalem according to the good hand of his God upon him. And I want you to notice particularly, this is the, the theme of my message, for Ezra had prepared his heart 
to seek the law of the Lord and to do it and to teach in Israel statutes and judgments. So Ezra was a priest about the time that the captivity of Israel and Judah was coming to an end. And it was about 80 years after the rebuilding of the temple under Zerubbabel. Zerubbabel had led the first immigration back to Jerusalem. And that was about 80 years previous. But God's favor was upon Ezra, who was a scribe, who had a personal commitment to live for God. And he was commissioned by Artaxerxes to return to Jerusalem to set up a religious education system. Ezra led the second group of exiles back to Jerusalem. And I just thought it was so interesting that he left on New Year's Day this journey. So as we look at the life of Ezra, and there are many, many good things in here about him. But I believe that just in this portion of scripture that I read, that we can be greatly encouraged and have insight as we look forward into this new year, which is upon us. And I have enumerated uh, this into four points. Anita has always three points. But anyway, this is four points. <laughs> the first one is that Ezra prepared his heart. And as we, as we look in this year before us, this is something that we can do. It says, Ezra prepared his heart. We make many preparations, don't we? And we've just come through Christmas. There's all kinds of preparations for Christmas, for New Year's. What do you do when New Year's is coming? You think about getting your, your uh, filing all your 2022 papers. At least these are some of the things I'm thinking about. Getting some calendars. So when I've stopped at different places to, to do business, if they have a pre-calendar and I can use it, I pick it up. It's free, usually. It's, it's free. <laughs> but anyway, you get a calendar so that you can keep track of the year, of the things that are happening. You plan your schedules. What do I have to do? And there's some things that are over the year. Some things, most things, are more confined to the month or the week. And, uh, but anyway... This is part of us planning. It's a good thing to reflect on the year that is just passing away. 2022, to reflect on that. What has been the problems I've had to deal with? What has been the high points, the blessings? And uh, the, to look back and see the faithfulness of God. That is the greatest thing, to see the faithfulness of God. To pray for wisdom for this year, for insight. To take inventory. Now, what, 
I know that sometimes in stores they physically do an inventory of every nut and every bolt and every screw, and I don't know how they do it. But what I'm thinking of particularly is to looking inward and taking in inventory of our life, my life, to, like David said, search my heart, O God, and know what is within me. Search my heart. Is there such things as envy, bitterness, anger, resentment, stubbornness, are any of those things entrenched in our heart? Search me, O oh God, because they need to be dealt with. Don't take those things into the new year with you. Repent. Repent. That's a word you don't really hear a lot of, but repent. If you see things in your heart, and God, if you open your heart, if you ask God to, that you want to take inventory, is there things in my heart, in my life, that are not pleasing to you? Lord, I repent. And repentance simply means giving that up, turning around and going in a different direction, not walking in that whatever it was. To repent, acknowledge it. Turn from it. So as we look to God and say, Lord, I want to prepare my heart for this new year. And, you know, God is so gracious. He is so gracious, and he will bring things to our mind. And you think, well, I haven't thought of that for a long time. Uh, maybe I need to do something with that. You know, that's the Spirit of God. And as the Spirit of God draws things to our mind, repent and walk away from that because he will, he will forgive us. He will cleanse us of those things that sometimes drag us down, leaving behind the sins that so easily beset us. We can move on. And pray for a sensitivity in our hearts for the Holy Spirit to speak to us. You know, he can speak to us. Did you know the Holy Spirit can speak to us to work in us and that we might be led by the Spirit of God? How many would really like to be led by the Spirit of God this year? This year, yes. That is my desire, to be, to be sensitive. To be sen sensitive. That's, that's uh, sometimes he speaks in that small, still voice that is in our heart. And maybe you've said something you shouldn't have said. And, you know... The Spirit of God puts his finger on that. Just, it's amazing. But he will, 
He'll, he will work in our life. He will work within us as we have a desire to prepare our heart. The next thing that Ezra, it says about Ezra, and I thought so applicable for us, it says, so he prepared his heart to seek the law of the Lord. Now the Israelites had been in captivity. Why had they been in captivity? Because they had a pattern of forgetting God. That was their pattern. They would, uh, when things were going bad, when they were in a, in a bad state, they would call upon God. Oh, God, help us, help us, help us. God would come along, deliver them, bring them victory, and they would forget all about him. They would begin to worship the idols of the, of the nations around them. They would turn away. Every man would do that which was right in his own eyes. And so, uh, what, what do we do? What do we do? You know, it's a good thing to seek the law of the Lord all the time. Don't wait until things are going downhill and things are going bad. And, you know, it's, things are really rough in life. There's all kinds of problems and, and situations. Don't wait for that time to seek God, to seek the law of the Lord. To look into his word. Why, why is seeking God's word important? Because if we are going to grow and mature as Christians, we need to know the word of God. It is so easy to neglect it. It is so easy to neglect it. We learn the truth about God. We learn who he is. And it's a good thing for us. Maybe you've read through the Bible many times. Keep on doing that. Because it constantly, we need that constant reminder. We are a, a, a forgetful people. We are a forgetful people. And history shows us that, that we forget. And we need that constant reminder of who God is and how he expects us to live. How he expects us to live. He has it all in his word. Also, we come face to face with our sin and the need to be forgiven. Something pops up in the word to us and we think, you know, we feel it's, it's that sensitivity to the Spirit, the Holy Spirit. And we know, you know, you can kind of just feel that little wiggling going on in your heart where you feel a little bit uncomfortable. It's like uh, putting a, what is it, a herring in a frying pan. You know how it sizzles and, you know, or a little piece of bacon or something. That's how we sometimes feel 
when the Holy Spirit puts his finger on something in our life and, you know, he reminds us, you know, is this what you should be saying? Is this what you should be doing? Is this the, uh, what should be going on in your life? And we need that. We need that to keep close to the Lord. We need that. And it shows us God's love for us. How Jesus redeemed us by giving his life for us. We need to be reminded because we are forgetful. We learn about the future. We see that God has a good plan for us. He has a good plan for us. And uh, I just really appreciated the word that was shared with me this morning about this coming year. They just felt like God was preparing streams in the desert, that he has a good plan for us. And, you know, that's a scripture verse. I'm just not, I think it's in Isaiah, what is it, 43 or 45? 43, streams in the desert. You know, this is God's word that is reminding us that life is not gloomy and black. And we think of, you know, world events and we can become very depressed and doubting where's God in all of this. But no, in his word, he has got words of promise for our future. He says, I know the thoughts that I have toward you. Thoughts to do good. Thoughts to give you a future and a hope. How many can relate to that? That we need God's word to continually remind us, yes, that he does have a future and a hope for us. So, uh, he, he gives us comfort, encouragement, strength, instruction. Psalm 119, 105 says, Thy word is a lamp unto my feet and a light unto my path. Nobody likes to, uh, and it's not a good thing to walk in the dark without a light of some kind. Sometimes there's little black and white critters that cross the path, and we want to be aware of them before we get to them or stumble over them. And we need a light in our path. And he is the light. He is the light. So we need to be seeking God's word and what it says. And Ezra had was preparing his heart, had prepared his heart to lead Israel to seek God's word. My third point is, if anyone's got that, that verse in front of them, it says to seek the law of the Lord, and this is so important, and to do it. And to do it. How many of us know what God's word says. But do we do it? <laughs> he set out to do it. And I know that if you are, if you're here and as a, as a believer and serving the Lord, that you can probably look back in your life 
and see where people that, that uh, lived out by example of faith in the Lord Jesus. What an impact it made in your life. Can anyone think of a person or maybe two or three that really made a big impact in your life, whether it was a mother, father, a pastor? Who can think of someone? You can think of someone that made a big impact. Well, this is what Ezra had purpose to do. He wanted to make an impact on the people of Israel. And he wanted to live, he wanted to be an example, not only that he knew the word of God, and it is important to know the word of God, to seek the law of God, but to do it. What does it say in James? It says, don't be just hearers of the word, but doers of the word. So, this just is not quite enough room on here. But anyway, as Ezra is speaking to the people, um, he is doing the word of God himself. Knowing about, and for us, knowing about Jesus in our life is not enough, but it's to live it out. And when we hear a word from God, Live it out during the week. When we come to church Sunday morning, you know, think about that during the week. Can I apply anything to my life? I really like these life application Bibles because it, it, it draws attention to what we can do to live out that scripture that is written there. I really like life application. To, to me... If it's not practical, it's not spiritual. It's got to be practical. It's got to be something that'll work. And God is practical. I believe God is practical. And so when we know to do what is right and we don't do it, the Bible says that's sin. So live it out. Be aware. Be sensitive to the Holy Spirit and his working in your heart and live that out. I know that I can, I can look at back in my life, there have been a few people that have really, there's been many that have had an impact on my life. But there's been a few that are kind of outstanding that they help to influence me to the place that I wanted it it deepened my commitment to the Lord when I looked at their life and how they served God faithfully 
It motivated me. And that's what we as believers want to do. We want to motivate people. We want to encourage people. We want to show them that there is, that serving Jesus is more than just, you know, darkening the door of the church on a Sunday morning. That it impacts our life to the place where it changes us. It causes us in our commitment to the Lord to be deepened, to be stronger. And I believe that in this day in which we live, in this year that we are walking into, we need to be totally committed to the Lord. Totally. Totally committed. Not, it's not a 50-50. It's nothing like that. It's just like when I've done marriage counseling and you, you talk to a young couple and it's not a 50-50 deal to have marriage counseling and their relationship is not a 50-50 arrangement. It is 100% for both of them if it's going to work, if they are committed, totally committed to making a marriage work. It's got to be 100%. And when we come to serving God, you know, it's not a, a short-term loan. It's not a short-term lease, you know, something that you know, after three years, it's all said and done, and we go on our way. But it's a long term. We are, and we need to be committed for the long term. This is not the time to draw back, but it's the time to press in, a time to press forward, a time to say, Lord, what more can I do? You know, how can I draw closer to you? And, and as, I, as I say that, I want to just um, verify that it's not just in the things that we do, but it's in our relationship with him. Because we can, we can be so busy that we have no time for God. We can be so busy doing things for God that our relationship with him kind of slides to the... To the side slides into the ditch so as we think about the our commitment to him and this to the Lord you know this was something that Ezra saw as so so important he modeled the word he modeled the word may we be encouraged each one of us here today to model the word and my fourth point is, and to teach in Israel statutes and judgments. In other words, he wanted to pass on God's word to the people, to teach them, to teach them. So he prepared his heart to, to seek the law of the Lord, to do it, and to teach the people. And we come in contact with people every day. What are we passing on to them? You know, what we pass on to them is, in some regards, you could say, well, we're teaching. We're teaching. What are we passing on? 
He was teaching the people what God expected of them and how to follow God's commandments. And he wanted to teach them to connect the judgment of their captivity to the past sins they had committed so they now could live as God expected when they were back home in their own land. He was pointing out to them, this is what God was asking us to do. We didn't do it. We sinned. We didn't repent. We went down into captivity. But now we are coming home. And these are the changes that need to be made. These are the changes. And, of course, after 70 years, they had assimilated many of the, the, the issues of the, of the culture that surrounded them. But if they were going to live God's way, they needed to be taught God's way. And this is what Ezra had on his heart. He was committed to doing that. And I thought, you know, isn't that such a miracle that King Artaxerxes sent him down to Jerusalem to instruct them in spiritual direction? I thought that was such a miracle. You know, we have, we, we see miracles every day. Sometimes we're not even, we don't even realize it. But uh, God is able to move a king to put out a decree like this. Instruction to Ezra. This is what I want you to do. Go down to Jerusalem. Teach the people about God, about Jehovah God. So this is what, you know, if we, are, if we are desirous of seeing a revival in our land, in our time, in our community, we need God's word in our hearts. We need to pass it on to the people in our lives. You know, and this, this, uh, this thought from Ezra, you know, is somewhat similar to what it says, tells us in Second uh, Corinthians 7.14, where he says, If my people, which are called by my name, will humble themselves and pray and seek my face, then I will hear from heaven, will forgive their sin and heal their land. I wonder... If we, can, if we can just pick up some of what was going on in Ezra's life and that commitment that he had, if we could get that same type of a commitment in our backbone and determine. You know, it takes a lot of determination because there's all kinds of things that come against us, and there will come against us. The enemy doesn't want us to to pursue God, to walk in his ways, to seek his, his face, to, to uh, study the word of God. But it's a determination and it's a commitment that we can 
accomplish in our hearts and our lives. May we pass on what we have received to others. Pass that on. What are we passing on? Are we passing on encouragement or, or doom and gloom? What do we pass on? Well, we are... Uh, I just... I just trust that this will speak to your heart like it spoke to mine and uh, that we can uh, see a move of God in our community right here, in our, in our church family. You know, it's got to start with us. It's got to start with us. So I'm just going to pray. Then we're going to uh, have the Lord's table. Heavenly Father, we thank you for people like Ezra. And Lord, we are challenged to be that type of a person ourselves. I am challenged. Lord, we, we know that you speak into people's lives and they are called to different different ministry, different work, but Lord, we pray that there will be a, a, a revival, a spiritual awakening. Lord, we need a spiritual awakening. We need a spiritual awakening. Help us to press on, to press in. And I thank you for your word today. In Jesus' name, amen.